As a health professional, beauty and aging are the centerpiece of my research. And one thing is clear, if you want to age well, you would better keep your NAD levels high. NAD is a molecule in the human body that is vital to aging well and remaining youthful in so many ways. NAD creates energy, maintains healthy DNA, detects and uses nutrients efficiently, and even protects your cellular health. Unfortunately, from age 30 to age 70, NAD levels decline up to 65%. Simply put, when your NAD levels decline, aging accelerates. That's why if you care about aging well, you need to get Qualia NAD. Qualia NAD is a clinically tested supplement that can boost your NAD levels up to 50%. It's a vegan, non-GMO blend of three key naturally derived ingredients called NAD precursors that your body can readily convert into NAD. And 11 additional ingredients that support your body's NAD production. Qualia NAD is the easiest way to support your NAD levels deep into life, so you can stop losing one of the most vital molecules in your body for remaining youthful and in your prime. So if you're over 30, help stop your declining NAD levels with Qualia NAD risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com forward slash radiance and use code radiance will score you an additional 15% off. That's qualia NAD at neurohacker.com forward slash radiance with code radiance to age incredibly well from the inside out. Welcome everyone to today's recording on the Rachel Varga podcast. I have my husband, Gabriel Varga, joining us again today. Welcome, Gabe. It's great to have you back on the show. Good to be back. Hi, everybody. And we are going to be talking about something a little bit controversial. I had a recent comment on a celebrity plastic surgery video that I posted like two years ago. And in case you remember, in one of my previous episodes, I talked about how I don't do celebrity plastic surgery review videos anymore because there's a very strange energy around those videos. And so I had a comment and there were some things actually in the comment that I, I thought for, my second, for a second, there's something here, there's something to talk about because this is someone's perspective. So if someone else has this perspective, Someone tuning in to the show might have that perspective as well. So Gabriel, I would love to talk about with everybody here on the show too, talking about, you know, self-care, realistic versus unrealistic skin and rejuvenation and aging goals. Is it superficial to look after the skin and self-judgment and judgment around others around rejuvenation and plastic surgery? And I kind of covered why I don't do celebrity plastic surgery videos anymore, but I will cover that again. We're going to talk about tips for budgeting rejuvenation and not hiding finances around your rejuvenation from your significant other, because you don't want to be promoting anxiety around that. And tips for reducing anxiety around rejuvenation and some tips that my clients have told me that they have employed to budget things out. And we want to look at everything in our lives, skincare, rejuvenation, as 
it being in our highest good, our body, mind, spirit, energy, but of course there's an element of finance. So Gabriel, why don't you kick things off with something that you read the comment and you had some great insights, so go for it. So what I noticed when I read the comment is it's negative. And first of all, that's something that you have to get used to on YouTube, right? You can have 99 uh, great comments and you're gonna still get one negative. It's gonna happen. But aside from that, I was just comparing it to something I saw recently where a pregnant lady bounced back from her pregnancy and got in really good shape really fast. And from that, instead of people going, oh, bravo, that's, uh, you know, support and cheer this woman on for being so dedicated, there were so many people who decided to bash her, saying it's ridiculous to go after these unrealistic expectations and placing those on others. And I found that very, I don't know, ironic is the word, but, but odd, because she is putting lots of effort into something that's important to her, and if fitness is important to her, why should she be criticized for chasing such a lofty goal? And it seems kind of similar, I guess, to what this lady was saying in the comment, basically criticizing you of putting such a high standard on your, your, your skin health. Why would you criticize somebody for that if it's important to you? And we, like you, you've said to me many times, the skin is the largest. The largest organ of the body. Organ. And I've seen skin cancers that have required significant surgery. And especially like even with your skin type and my skin type, we are what you would call Fitzpatrick skin type two. So we don't have a ton of melanin in our skin. We're actually at a higher risk of skin cancers, but actually all skin types across the board can get skin cancers and precancerous lesions are definitely something i've even had precancerous skin lesions removed off my body as well so this is definitely something to be aware of so when you're doing your self-care looking after your skin it's not just a vanity thing it is also a health thing because you can actually develop a skin cancer and that skin cancer can then metastasize to other areas of the body as well and i've seen it firsthand having been in the industry for over 10 years, especially in the oculoplastic surgery area, where research shows 10% of all skin cancers actually occur in the eye area. So the brows, the eyelids, and even the bridge of the nose and top of the cheeks. Yeah, so aside from just looking at it from, from the point of view where you're going, okay, it's good for your overall health, your long-term health, keeping you safe, you could also go with something that I say all the time, when I feel good or I look good, both of them work together mm -hmm. and it makes me a happier person and it doesn't need to necessarily be vanity like i'm you know worried about what other people think of me it can just be i feel good today and i look in the mirror and i'm happy with what i see and if a pregnant woman bounces back very quickly from pregnancy and goes you know what i want to dedicate three months and get back to the shape i was in before pregnancy it seems odd to criticize somebody for for that very similar to the comment that you got so i just saw a a similarity there, which, you know, a lot of negative negativity uh, directed yeah, at people who try to do something celebrity videos attract this, like I said before, it's like this weird energy. And my YouTube channel for sure could be huge because those videos that I had done in the past had crazy views on them, but it wasn't really in alignment with who I am and what I want to talk about. I don't want to like be talking about other celebrities and what they've had done and the pitfalls that they've experienced. Like, I don't know, that's just not my jam. It's not my style. No, and like we were saying, it's very easy to be 
negative in life. And many people find that easy as opposed to going in supporting somebody who did something good. They go, oh, I don't like what they did, so I'm going to comment on this negative thing. And keeping that in mind, it's very easy to focus on negative things and get more people watching it. So for your, your channel or my channel, instead of promoting positive stuff, like I'm going to teach people how to better utilize technique, I could make videos on other people's technique and criticize it. It would probably get more views, but that's not the route I want to take. And that's the route you don't want to take either. Yeah. You're trying to help people's lives, not criticize others. So I just thought that was a good lesson to, to pass on because if somebody wants to focus on looking good and being healthy, and obviously there's a, there's a line that you can cross where maybe it's not good for you anymore, where, where ego takes over. But in general, if people want to be healthy and they want to feel good and look good, I say, I say, go for it because it's part of the, the gift that we're given when we're born is our body. We got one body. We got one body and we might as well <laughs> we got one body. be happy with it and take care of it, put good food in it, mm-hmm. exercise it. Like your vanity point is your body and my vanity point is like my face and my skin and hair and all that stuff. Yeah, and I, I mean, vanity has a negative connotation around it very often, I feel. Um, whereas I don't necessarily feel like it should be a negative thing, me wanting to take care of my body and being proud of the effort I put into to stay in really good shape. And, and, and just I, so everybody knows, in case you're new to the show, on the Rachel Varga podcast, we talk about all things body, mind, spirit, energy practices for a higher level of radiance and beauty. And I'm a huge fan of proactive aging. And Gabriel, my dear husband here, is a pro athlete, six-time pro world champion kickboxer, and just recently passed the milestone of 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. So clearly you're doing something right. <laughs> Keeping it positive. That's, that's, that's what I do on the channel. It's all about the positivity and the instruction. And like I said, 99 out of 100, probably even more than that comment-wise, are, are great. Mm-hmm. Yet, you know one out of 500 which is negative but it's easy to focus on that one so yeah and i think that who commented like i'd never seen their name before i think they were just like some random person that was uh youtubing searching this celebrity to find what dirt they could find on them probably and then stumbled across my my platform and don't really know anything about what i do and And you were talking about jane fonda right yeah like it seems funny to look at Jane Fonda and criticize Jane Fonda because she's one of the people where I go, okay, when I'm her age, I hope I can look as good as her. I don't look so much at skin health. I look at fitness, but I look at her and go, I, I believe she's in her 80s. Yeah, and the like, thing that smokes. I've said on the show here is, <laughs> let's pull a Jane Fonda without the three facelifts. <laughs> yeah, it's is, it is incredible. But there's nothing wrong with facelifts, right? But there are ways that we can prevent or offset the need for facelifts as well. Cheaper methods or more preventative methods earlier on, right? Yeah, Jane Fonda, she did a lot of fitness videos when she Mm -hmm. was growing up and I think was under a lot of stress like from family members to stay thin and as an actress. So when people like celebrities, they're in the public eye. Oh my gosh, we have no idea the pressures that they're under. So I really don't do any more celebrity plastic surgery videos because I don't want to be one more layer of criticism like these are people too and i think that people forget that so first of all the skin is the largest organ so looking after yourself is not superficial if you have some if you're in the spiritual world and things like that and you have a block around this you kind of need to get over that right you don't need to be 
the yogi with <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but I've seen this a lot with a number of clients of mine. They kind of struggle with this. They're like, I feel really good on the inside, but I feel like my outside doesn't really match. And then that's when they kind of come to the point where, okay, I want to do something about these fine lines, wrinkles, get some collagen back, reverse some of this photo damage from, you know, living my best life in the sunshine. And it's all about a balance and it's a personal choice. That makes perfect sense to me because part of like you've said so many times is feeling good is looking good and looking good is feeling good i mean you can be the best shape person in the world and feel great but you want to look that too mm -hmm. and you don't just want to look good and not feel good because that that's that serves no purpose i have tons of clients in their 60s and like i meet with them and they have the energy and vibrancy of like a 35 year old and it's magnetic, it's amazing. And they're simply wanting to ask me, Rachel, what can I do about this and this? And I feel really good about the service that I offer, especially in my one-on-one -on -one calls with my clients. Use promo code podcast15 if you haven't yet met with me, I'd love to connect with you and book your session with me over at rachelvarga.ca. And it's just like, I I've spent 10 plus years listening to my clients and the, the typical pain points. So some other things I wanna talk about are realistic versus unrealistic skin and aging goals. What do you think about that as a guy? What comes up for you? What's realistic and And also and for your not? partner. I mean, to, to me, realistic is when, when we hear people say like, you know, I when I'm 80, I wanna look like I'm, in, I'm 40. Or when I'm 60, I want to look like I'm 30. And I go, that's not realistic to me. And you're setting yourself up for disappointment. So I go, okay, you know, when I'm when I'm 60, I hope I still have the body that I would that maybe a 45-year-old would have. I think that's realistic for somebody like myself who's worked really hard. And I see people at the gym who I see in their 60s. And I go, man, if I didn't see this guy's head and see the few extra wrinkles, I would think he's in his he's 45 or something. So just being realistic so you don't set yourself up for disappointment, but still having high lofty goals. That's what I sort of think of when you say realistic versus unrealistic and the pitfalls that might come if you set the bar too high and you think that you're going to look for like you're 30 forever. Yeah, you definitely, you've probably heard me say this on the show. You don't want to be that woman in your 60s with not a wrinkle on your face because we've all seen these women at dinner parties and whatnot that they have this like white thin eggshell like look to their skin and they have no fine lines and wrinkles and they cannot move their face and that's something that can happen with over treatment so it's my job to help guide you towards options that are going to allow you to still have movement in your face and not be over frozen from certain uh, rejuvenation treatments and things like that and by the way what we talk about here is not medical advice <laughs> it's educational information only if you think you have a medical condition, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician and before making any lifestyle modifications and make sure you're getting those yearly skin cancer checkups on your entire body. So what about the concept of self-judgment and judgment of others around rejuvenation and plastic surgery? Like say someone wants to do something, it's not our place to judge them. Oh, I mean, Unless they start to go overboard. That's a whole other conversation with body dysmorphia that clinicians like myself, I've actually taken a board examination in the States and that was a big part of the exam was to be able to identify when someone might have body dysmorphia and actually decline treatment for them in that case. 
and encourage them to seek psychological guidance. Yeah, that's a hard conversation because that basically goes, okay, well, what's happening in their head versus your head? And how do you know what's better? What, what you think is better for them or what they think is better? I mean, that's such a, a difficult thing. Well, essentially, if someone's gone to a clinic and they've been overtreated, and then their, say, for example, their cheeks or their lips or their chin goes beyond the ideal facial ratios. So and you're just saying as a, prof- as a professional. Yeah. That is your is your responsibility to almost say okay no we're not doing no more treatments. right yes. yeah and then in terms of you know family not talking, a lot of practitioners will will say that unfortunately no, because it's they want to the, make money it's about the money of and course. the worst is when you see men that are overtreated and I'm seeing this so much more in big cities where men unfortunately end up with like the golf ball cheeks this like crazy full lips this caricature jawline. But isn't that the sign? That's the sign to me of somebody who really cares as a provider and somebody who's really doing their job well. Mm -hmm. When you go to see them and whatever it might be, it might be recovery from an injury, uh, you know, like chiropractics or, or physiotherapy, or it might be going to get treatments done on your face for rejuvenation. But the clinician who will stop you and say, you know what, we don't need to keep spending money I actually want you to stop at this point or here's the budget and it's less than you think it was going to be. Those are to me the good clinicians as Mm -hmm. opposed to the ones and we all, if you've been to chiropractics or there's people throughout the whole world who just say, yeah, you need to come back every week for the rest of your life. And then there's the good ones who go, no, no, we're going to get you back and in a month or two, you'll be back on your feet and you'll feel 100%. There's they, they so many the, treat patients I've had to turn away and say, I'm not doing any more filler on you. Yeah. So that's those, that's the sign of a good person to me. If you go in and you think, okay, you know, I, I have a budget of $2,000 and the clinician says, you know what? No, we don't need to spend your full $2,000. Here's alternatives or here's things that can be done for less instead of milking every dollar that you have. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is the state of the aesthetics industry because a lot of clinics are corporate owned now. So the bottom dollar, the bottom line is the bottom dollar, unfortunately. So you have to use your spidey senses with everything. And it's really too bad when I see beautiful women and men that end up getting overtreated because we we can lose sometimes touch with reality and ideal facial ratios. So sign of a really good practitioner is actually making you look somewhat undertreated. We shouldn't, in my mind, as somebody who knows nothing about the industry, really don't want it to look like you're being treated. Exactly. Right? You just want to yeah. go in and, and stay looking the way you look you as long look as healthy. possible. But if somebody comes out and they look noticeably different, then I'm going, ooh, that's that's odd. That's mm-hmm. just, as somebody who doesn't know anything about it, I go, that's, that's no good. Yeah. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about is why I don't do celebrity plastic surgery videos anymore. I don't like picking on people. I like these celebrities are people too. And I think that some people actually forget that. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the aspect of you know, drawing your, your videos or your podcast or something around somebody who's famous, the reality is that person is never going to see them anyway. Even with, you know, with my channel, which is decent, decent now. The chance if I make a video on the top-notch fighter that they're going to actually see it based on how many people throughout the world are talking about them 
it's probably realistic that they won't see it. But what if they face. see it and you say mm-hmm. something that like contributes to them not feeling great about themselves? Like, I don't want any no, part no, of that. No, I understand that, but I'd say it's more you don't want to... And to also set that example. Encourage people to be negative yeah. constantly as opposed to, okay, you know what, I can promote something positive as opposed mm-hmm. to picking apart somebody who's doing something in my mind wrong. Let's focus on the people who are doing things right. And you could still have videos on plastic surgery, but just, you know, look what this person's doing. Wow, they're looking good. Yeah, but it's just like the, I find the people that like search out those videos and comment, like it's just honestly, like as an intuitive empath myself, it's like a whole other energetic around it. That's why I really like the podcast. And that's why I've transitioned more to audio only podcast because of the people it attracts. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Coming for positivity. Yeah, exactly. Encouragement. For, for, they're not coming for the negativity. Yeah, they're and not looking for the dirt. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is budgeting your rejuvenation and not hiding finances around self-care from your partner. I cannot, can't, I can't count on my hands how many clients that I've met with that have said to me, you know, I don't want my husband noticing. I'm going to pay... A certain amount of this on credit card I'm gonna pay a certain amount of this on cash and the one thing that I like to identify with my clients is how can we organize this and plan this in a way that is actually going to work within your budget because what you don't want is your rejuvenation and self-care to then actually become a point of anxiety and stress and financial stress and all of that so some things that my clients have done is actually have a, what's called a quote unquote Rachel jar. I have like, I, I can't make this up, right? And this is what I think is really smart to do. It's to plan your skincare, your rejuvenation in a way that's going to be in alignment with your budget and your lifestyle and to save up and be, just be smart about it, right? Of course. Yeah. I, I mean... To me, the way I would relate that into my life, which is always based around fitness, is you you want to put something every day into, into what you're striving for. So for me, if it's fitness related, I go 15 minutes is better than no minutes. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, you're going, okay, well, I don't have all the time that I want or all the money that I want for rejuvenation, still having $200 for the month is better than spending no money because you're going to get the products that are going to help you. It might not be the... And focus on your skin health first and foremost. Yeah, and, and, and if that's... You've said to me a number of times that that's the way to go initially. It's the most important thing is to yeah, focus start on with the, the basics. skin health. Yeah, the basics first. Cleanse your moisturize your sunscreen scrub. Then add in things like dermal rolling, retinol, peptides. Then you can add things like skin supplements, skin peels. Um, for example, the mobile device... You know, maybe starting with an initial facial treatment and then as you can budget accordingly, add in different lasers and maybe injectables and body contouring as surgery if that's in alignment with you. And that's what that's what every person basically involved in anything in life needs is a nice list telling you what's the priority. And that's what I give my clients in a consult. Yeah, because if you don't do that, if somebody comes in, let's say for a fitness session and they don't have a list of things, they might come in and spend you know, $100 per session with a trainer, but if they don't have a list of things they need to do beforehand, like, you know, I need to focus on my diet because the diet's more important than the exercise in terms of losing weight. So if somebody, yeah, doesn't understand a good list, mm-hmm. they're not provided it, then 
you know, it could go entirely wrong. I know you said before that, you know, you could go and do all the expensive treatments and if you don't put your sunscreen on. It's like in vain. Yeah. Then you're wasting your money. Yeah. You go and spend what a small amount of money on a thing of sunscreen and that'll be more preventative long-term than going and getting all the injections. Yeah. I don't know that for sure, but I'm assuming that's the case. (laughs) Well, I mean, just to be honest with you guys, a basic skincare protocol can be anywhere from about $200 to $400, dermal rolling about $250. The skin supplements could be about $90 to $200. At-home peel kits, about $150 to $250. Then when you start to do some stuff in clinic, that's when you're going to be looking at about like $200 for initials, starter like facial type treatments. Lasers can be anywhere. Honestly, lasers and skin rejuvenation, I think um, a lot of really subpar technologies and treatments are really expensive. And clinics are going to try and get you to purchase like six at a time and give you like a package deal. But then you have cash tied up in the clinic. And I'm all about like learning about finance and like liquidity and things like that. And I don't like the idea of having cash tied up in a clinic. So I do actually share some strategies around that. But lasers can range anywhere from about $400 to $2,000. It just, just depends on what you're focusing on. Say for example, like pigmentation or resurfacing. And a typical like injectable visit can be anywhere from upwards to like 5,000. So it really just depends. And you really have to be smart about these financial decisions because the the rejuvenation is a decision and it does involve finances. And you're better off being able to have a plan, be able to prioritize what's most important to you and also have like an initial plan of like what to invest to achieve your goals and then what like a maintenance plan would look like. So that is actually part of my one-on-one service. All of my one-on-one clients that meet with me, this is the type of service that I offer. I actually give them a consultation follow-up report with all of that information laid out, which rejuvenation products I think would be most helpful for them, the rejuvenation treatments, a description of the treatment, you know, what an initial um, protocol would look like and then a follow-up protocol and also even give insights as to where to go because the rejuvenation landscape is like a freaking minefield right now there's so much subpar stuff out there it's absolutely ridiculous <laughs> and also i'd like to say please do not finance your rejuvenation do not get rejuvenation that you can't afford because that's going to add a layer of anxiety and actually stress and anxiety will age you right through that cortisol dumping so do you have any comments on that no i was just nodding you were nodding (laughs) stress is stress is hard on the body in so many ways Um, i've gotten pretty good at managing my stress in terms of competition and such but i know it's not a pleasant feeling and i know financial stress is is no joke either. So I'm going to ask you because you are the saver. I'm the spender in the relationship. And I'm just curious for like a female to you as the husband. And obviously we have our own jobs and things like that. How would you like to be incorporated in this? In what? The rejuvenation planning and the finances of it. Like, would you like to know upfront what things cost? Oh, you're saying if... If I was the, uh, if I'm the male yeah. and I have a wife who's going off and getting treatments, yeah. would I like to know? Yeah. 
Yes, 100%. I mean, I guess that all comes down to how couples set up their finances. Mm-hmm. You know, some people do 100% split. They just put everything in a pot and just spend, 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 and they don't really keep track. And then other people that I know go, this is my money, this is your money. We both contribute a certain amount and everything's separate. So, yeah, it really depends on the situation. Um, but I think either way, I would still want to a certain extent to be in the loop unless unless it's just your money my money and then you know if i if i had a wife who was doing that and she was going oh you know what i made x amount of dollars and i'm going to spend a quarter of it this month on rejuvenation but it's just not my money then it doesn't matter so that's all that's all personal for couples but, but if it, it was tied it, together, i think it's a conversation to have though. but if it was tied yeah. together and you're sharing money in any regards yes i would be having that conversation because you know if, if a guy went out on a Friday night and spent, you know, I don't know, $2,000 gambling, you can bet people are going to be upset. There's going to be a conversation like, why the heck did you spend $2,000 on one night? And it's probably the same thing, just in terms of um, respecting your partner. Just uh, keep them in the loop, especially if you feel the need to hide anything. If you're open about it, you're just like, hey, you know, I don't care if my husband sees the bill, then it's fine. But as soon as you have to hide anything, then... You're stepping on uh, sticky territory. Yeah, and it's going to be a point of anxiety and stress. Yeah. Yeah, which ages you. (laughs) And it should be nice, too. I mean, I always like going to um, clinics. I go to physio clinics and such, but I enjoy going. You know, you're sitting in the lobby. It's nice and relaxing. They're nice atmospheres. You pick up a magazine. You meet with the provider who usually you like. You go to providers you like, so you get a little bit of, of social time. And then hopefully you get a treatment which you enjoy and it's a nice experience, but it's not going to be a nice experience if the whole time you're feeling guilty about spending too much money. And I can smell (laughs) this for clients and I make this very clear. It's like, let me know what your budget, lifestyle values are, and then I can customize the plan for you and help you prioritize things, right? Especially with product recommendations and rejuvenation recommendations. It's like, how can we prioritize this? to be in the highest alignment with your body, mind, spirit, energy, budget, lifestyle goals, and all of that. I loved having you on the show today to talk about this because these are really important topics that I've actually never heard anybody else talk about in the aesthetics, podcasting, rejuvenation space. This very conversation. That's what I love about my channel on YouTube. I focused on a lot of the episodes on things people never talk about. Right. And a lot of times the, the, the episodes don't do as well. They don't get as many views, but the people who do listen really appreciate the episodes because they go, oh, you know what? This is untouched territory and we mm-hmm. can't find it anywhere. Yeah. And somebody needs to do that and go the extra mile to come up with the, the conversations that nobody else wants to have because mm-hmm. they're kind of taboo. The other thing I wanted to ask you, do you prefer to get things done as a guy in the clinic or at home? Um, I would prefer to go at home. I know. I mean, I used to go into your, your work clinic all the time to say hi, or you would, you know, help me with stitches or do a peel or Or hydrofacial. But the thing is with guys, okay, here's the kicker. Men in general don't tolerate rejuvenation as well. Pain, the pain you mean? And the thing, different type. the reason why, and I've actually never heard anybody else talk about this, but this is just what like 10 plus years of clinical experience in rejuvenation teaches me, is I'm that provider that applies numbing cream <laughs> for everybody and takes the time to make a male 
clients more comfortable, but most clinics don't because it takes extra time and attention and money actually to even apply a numbing cream. Yes, you'd be surprised. And I find that men aren't really used to touching their faces or having other people touch their faces. So when they have a rejuvenation treatment, they're, it's almost like your nervous system and your pain receptors respond differently than females. It's, it's just absolutely fascinating. These tough guys getting rejuvenation or injectables and they're a lot more sensitive than women. So that's why it's so great to be able to have the at-home skincare, the at-home dermal rolling, the at-home peels for the guys. And also it's a little bit less intimidating than showing up in a clinic too. But the in-clinic rejuvenation absolutely does have a place for absolutely everybody. But what do you think of that? that I mean, that makes sense to me in the sense that yes, you know, when I would go in the first couple of times, I'd come through and there's usually ladies there's hardly any guys Mm -hmm. coming in so you're like oh i'm the only guy here and i wonder if they all think i just got some sort of treatment and should i be embarrassed and then i kind of went ah after a number of times going in it didn't really bother me but i could 100 percent see guys being much more comfortable just doing it at home Mm -hmm. and for myself with the the couple it wasn't lasers it was um what were the pokey ones Oh, I did a number of different things for you, but I find with guys, they don't like the red face afterwards. No, I don't. I didn't like the the red face at all, but also mostly because I just want to get back to the gym. Yeah. The next day. So but, being able to plan your social downtime accordingly is yeah, really important. That's don't like the that. guidance that I give. And then, in then addition, so that you don't have any awkward conversations of well, why is your face red, Gabriel? <laughs> I don't really care telling people that I've you know I'm I'm not going to get Botox or filler because I just don't want to. But I don't care if I, people know I do lasers and such. Mm-hmm. But still, I'd prefer to do it at home. Yeah. And I'd prefer no pain. Yeah. Um, and I, you can achieve like some pretty serious skin resurfacing, neocollagenesis and pigmentation improvement from consistent at-home skincare, consistent at-home normal rolling. Those at-home options are really excellent long-term strategies, which will give you results. Lasers and injectables are going to give you results like quite a bit faster, but your at-home care is really the long-term strategy. And it's also the most budget-friendly strategy. So circling back around to this one, talking about finances, what's realistic, what's not realistic, um, how to plan your rejuvenation. This was a pretty heavy interview and episode here on the Rachel Markham podcast. So thank you so much, Gabriel, for joining us because I love having the male perspective on this. Happy to. Happy to chat. You know, I'm very opinionated person. I'm always happy to give my opinion. <laughs> that you are. <laughs> Judge you was you was a bear. <laughs> We've actually done some personality testing, like the Myers-Briggs, and you you and your brother are both like super judgy. Super judgy. Try to super I, we're, I think we're both nice people too. Oh, super I just nice I don't people. I don't have trouble telling somebody when I see people being negative just being like that's ridiculous the person's trying to be positive and yeah I don't want to be negative towards the negative people but I guess I am being well yeah that's actually (laughs) what spurred this this episode on was a somewhat negative comment yeah yeah they're on they're 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 everywhere in the world you will not escape pretty much I can't remember what the saying was there's a good saying like as soon as you achieve anything somebody's gonna try and smack you down Somebody's going to try and bring you down. 
And you just have to keep rolling on and ignore it. We're pretty tough. <laughs> we're pretty tough and we sleep really well at night with what we're offering. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us here on the Rachel Varga podcast. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, podcast episode requests, please send me a direct email info at rachelvarga.ca. I would love to hear from you. I'm showing up creating content, not for myself. I'm creating it for you. So let me know what you'd like to hear more of. Also, I'd like to warmly invite you into Spring Skin Camp as we just began this last weekend and be sure to catch my at-home facial cleansing, facial gua sha, lymphatic drainage, skincare application, makeup application tutorial in lesson one of Spring Skin Camp. And join our next lesson before we begin this weekend. And I can't wait to have you join this amazing community of high vibe, radiant women. We also talk about biohacking and women's health, hormone balancing, and pre and post recovery tips alongside my very coveted dermal rolling demo video, which no, I do not offer for free online because of liability issues. This is done in a small group setting and you pay for what you get. There's a lot of really bad free information out there. So if you're wanting to learn how to dermal roll, yes, I do show you this actually in our one-on-one session. And then you can actually watch me do it and follow along live and then rewatch the video at your convenience and catch the replays as well. And learn all things at rachelvarga.ca, search past episodes on rachelvarga.ca forward slash blog, such as red light therapy, biohacking, and much, much more. I can't wait to see you all again in the next episode here on the Rachel Varga podcast and have an amazing day. And thank you to my darling husband for being such a good sport, joining me on the show and talking about all things that is kind of not spoken about very much. So thank you, Gabriel.